Because as Christians, we need to be able to think differently about planning. I want to introduce to you a new perspective on planning. And you already saw the title of this episode, and I'm sure that you are wondering how that is even possible, right? So first, let's say it together. I do not plan. What? Yes, I'm telling you, I do not plan. And I want you to say that too. I do not plan. Are you overwhelmed by all the projects in your life? And as a Christian, your desire is to fulfill the plans that God has for you, but you seem to fall short, be overworked, or just not streamlined in your approach to getting things done? Welcome to the Be Encouraged Today podcast. Hi, my name is Amber Davis, a former workaholic who discovered enjoyable productivity so that I could begin to fulfill the plans that God has for me. And I truly want you to fulfill God's plans in your life too. Each Thursday, I will share productivity tips to fulfill God's plans for your life. Myself, along with some guests, will also share real life experiences so that you can be inspired, be productive, be fulfilled, be encouraged today. Would you like to be the first to know about what is going on with Be Encouraged Today podcast? Get productivity tips, encouragement from other Christians who are fulfilling the plans that God has for them, and enjoy live videos with me, including some fun giveaways and guest interviews? Well, join with all of us at Be Encouraged Today podcast community Facebook group. That's Be Encouraged Today podcast community Facebook group. This group is a great way to be encouraged and also to encourage other Christians who are like you, who want to be productive with God and have what I call enjoyable productivity in their lives. So join with us at Be Encouraged Today podcast community Facebook group. I believe that this group will help you be inspired, be productive, be fulfilled, be encouraged today. Okay, all you have to do is watch the news for a few minutes right now to know that this world has some big challenges going on. And I don't minimize those challenges. I know that you might have some big challenges in your life. You might be facing some big questions that need answers, some big problems that need solutions, some big decisions that need planning. And I don't have all the answers or the solutions, but I can help you with the planning because that is my gift. And I really, truly want to be able to help you fulfill the plans that God has for you. Because as Christians, we need to be able to think differently about planning. I want to introduce to you a new perspective on planning. And you already saw the title of this episode, and I'm sure that you are wondering how that is even possible, right? So first, let's say it together. I do not plan. What? Yes, I'm telling you, I do not plan. And I want you to say that too. I do not plan. And you, I'm sure, are thinking, Amber, you're a productivity coach. How in the world could you be telling me I do not plan? That's kind of like an admiral telling his officers to go ahead and put a screen door on a submarine right? (laughs) Like I'm going to drown without planning. Well, I want you to think differently about planning. As a Christian, I want you to have a new perspective on planning. And so I'm going to share with you about a concept called generate a plan. Now I love words. The word generate means to bring into existence. It means to bring into existence. And the word plan means to a method 
for achieving an end. So a method for achieving an end. It's not a plan if it doesn't have an end in mind, if it doesn't have a result that you're trying to go for. That's really just a task, right? But a plan is a method for achieving an end. And the word generate means to bring from existence, to bring into existence. And so what's awesome about this is that as a Christian, that we should be generating a plan with God because of Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, right? That scripture says that God knows the plans that he has for us, plans to prosper us and not to harm us, to give us hope and a future. And then our part is to call on him and come to him and pray. And he listens to us. And then we start seeking him with our heart. And then we find him and all those plans that he has for us. So if God has a plan for us, which as Christians, we should believe because of Jeremiah 29, 11, if he knows the plans for us, which he does, then they already exist, right? The plan already exists. And as Christians, God lives in, inside of us. So we already have those plans on the inside of us. And so all we have to do is bring them into existence, bring them forward into our life. So how do we do that? I do not plan. I generate a plan with God. When we generate a plan with God, that means that we're not planning in our own self. We are planning with God. We're inviting him in to help us plan. And let me give you an example of that, a true example of that. So years ago in my 20s, I used to travel. If you know my story, you can go on beencouragedtoday.com and learn a little bit about my story. But I used to travel a lot in training and organizational development. And for three years, I didn't have a home or a car or anything. I just traveled around the United States and parts of the world where I would open up restaurants for a company that I worked for. And one of the places that I was going to travel to was Niagara Falls. So I was going, I was all ramped up. I'm ready to go to Niagara Falls. The place that we were going to stay was in the United States. And that's where I resided at the time. And so I didn't have to get a visa. I didn't have to deal with passports. I didn't have to deal with international travel at all. And I pretty much knew the culture of that area because I had already been working in the Manhattan area of New York and New Jersey and some other areas, very similar culture from what I was going to be dealing with in Niagara. I mean, different, but similar. And so it wasn't a huge shift in having to learn a new culture, learn a new way of doing it because it was already pretty much, you know, planned out. And so I was excited. I'm ramped up, ready to go to Niagara. And about a month before that, before I left for my trip, I got an email from my boss who said, hey, we're going to switch some things around. And instead of going to Canada, you're going to go to Cairo, Egypt. Well, that was a big difference, right? That's a big shift from going to Niagara Falls, New York area to Cairo, Egypt. One, just the whole timing of the year that it was, it was like in August. So I'm going to, from kind of a cooler area in the fall to August in the desert. So that was that was a big shift. But then also you're dealing with visas, you're dealing with international travel, dealing with a language barrier, dealing with just the cultural differences because our restaurant menus have to alter and change depending on the different kind of culture there is. And so it was a big difference. It was a big change. And I was stressed out. I was thinking, what in the world? 
how am I going to do this? Because this is a lot. I like to be prepared. I'm a prepared type person. And I wanted to study the language. I wanted to study the culture. I wanted to be able to understand the menu that we were going to be serving a little bit better, how we were going to be training, what that was going to look like, traveling. This at the time was my longest trip that I had ever taken. It was going to be my longest trip. And so I had a lot of stress start coming at me about this trip. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, how in the world am I going to do this? And at the time, I I was a Christian at the time, but I wasn't really walking in the plans that God had for me. I was really driving the plans that I wanted in my life. And so I was very stressed about that. Fast forward, we get to Cairo, Egypt after much travel. We're there. We check into the hotel. We're preparing for the next day of being able to go into the restaurant. Now, the restaurant that I was opening was actually on a boat. I would say ship because it wasn't a huge ship, but it wasn't a small little boat. So I guess you would call it a ship on the Nile River in Cairo. And so we were opening this restaurant there and we all got into, well, not all of us, but there was like three different vans and we piled into these vans and we were driving from our hotel to be able to go to the docks and walk down to our ship. And this was the first time that I saw where the restaurant was going to be. And here I am and I'm in my suit or my attire, real business looking attire, carrying my briefcase, walking down. We actually had a a few men that were armed with us for security purposes. So we looked very serious, right? And we're walking down this dock this plank, I guess, to the actual dock where the ship was. And as I'm walking down to the ship, I notice out of the corner of my eye, I see these reeds that are coming up, you know, from the Nile, from the banks. And I just walk over and I look down and all of a sudden, I just got this huge revelation of the Lord. I didn't didn't see a vision. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that in my heart, I looked at those reeds and stopped and paused. And the, this phrase came up in my spirit, came up in my heart, and it was, it's real. It's real. Now, to understand that statement for me and how that impacted my life is because if you rewind my life that in college, I had taken philosophy classes and a religion class and even some history classes, the professors were very adamant about sharing how these miracles in the Bible didn't really happen. Oh, the Red Sea didn't part really. It just, you know, it got low so these people could walk across it or all of the different miracles, the fishes and the loaves to the whatever, you name it. But when I looked at those reeds, this phrase, it's real, came to my heart because back in my college years, all this doubt and questions started coming to me about all of the things that really happened in the Bible. Was it just stories that were told to me at a Sunday school class? And when I saw the Nile and I saw the reeds and I saw the bank, it just captured me to where all I could think about was Moses. All I could think about was that his mom bringing him to that bank and floating him off into that Nile River. And here I am looking at the actual Nile River, the river that he would have been sent down and reeds that would have been the same reeds that she would have made the basket out of. And it really impacted my life. And in fact, so much so that I'm standing there and this all happened like within like just a few minutes, right? I walk over to the edge and I see this and it impacted me. And then I began to cry, not like weeping, but just tearing up. 
my colleague at the time, who was my friend and my roommate on this trip, came up to me and said, Amber, what's going on? Are you okay? And I just looked at her and said, it's real. It's real. And she said, are you talking about Moses? And I said, yeah. And she's like, I know. That's pretty awesome. And then that was it. We went on our way down the plank, went down to the dock, and then went on with our day on the ship. And then a similar experience happened when we had a day off. We all decided to get to get up. Actually, we kind of stayed up all night and about four o'clock in the morning, and we rode out in a cab and went out into the desert, and we rented these horses and rode in the desert with these horses. So it's like that song, you know, I ride on the desert with a horse with no name because I didn't know the name of my horse. So we were laughing because we were riding in the desert on a horse with no name. And as we were riding, our guide actually timed it so that we could ride up to this ridge. And on the ridge, as we're riding up, the sun is coming up. And on the other side of the ridge were the Giza pyramids. So the first time that I saw the Giza pyramids was at sunrise behind the pyramids or around the pyramids. Pretty awesome experience, right? And so I'm riding through the desert, see the pyramids, see the sunrise. And then we ride down over the dune. And then as we come around this other dune to get to the pyramids from the location that we were, we had to ride around this like ancient village that was non-inhabited, right? It was just an old ancient village. It was pretty, pretty large and it's close to where the Sphinx is. So we're riding around that. As I'm riding around it, I look and my perspective is this village looking and then seeing the pyramids behind the village. And again, that phrase came into my spirit, came into my heart. It is real. It is real. And that phrase, when it came into my heart, it reminded me of the Israelites and where they would have had to live. Now, historians tell us that they don't know if that particular village is where the Israelites lived, but it was a similar village that could have been destroyed. And so it just hit me. Again, it is real. And then I had another experience while I was there where we went to the Egyptian Museum, the Cairo Museum, which is a phenomenal museum. I mean, it's amazing. It's like no other museum that I had ever been to in my life because there's so many artifacts, so many things that they're like piled into the room. I mean, you actually, you know, when you go into most museums, you'll go down an a hall and there'll be some decorations on the wall and then there'll be like two or three artifacts and then about those artifacts but at this museum there's so many artifacts there's like everywhere you turn there was an artifact there's this that like cleopatra's like stuff is over here and then you've got like some kind of papyrus writing on something right next to it and then you've got this statue over here and then the, this other thing over here i mean it, it's just amazing and we went and we saw a couple of different mummies and one of the mummies was Ramesses second son, I believe. The lineage on the verbiage of the actual artifact of the mummy shared that this was somehow related to Ramesses II, which then in turn connects to Moses. Again, that pops in my spirit again. It is real. And this just kept coming about. And the reason why I'm sharing all of this with you is because my plans were changed. I was supposed to go to Niagara Falls and I changed to go to Cairo, Egypt, which actually in the natural made no sense whatsoever. Because for me to do that change, typically we would prep for months and months to go in internationally. In fact, the year before I made that trip to Cairo, 
I was supposed to go to Kuwait, Iraq. And for months, I had my visa, I had everything ready, I had studied a little bit of the culture, knew what we were doing, we had the plans, we had the packets, everything. And then a few weeks before the trip, the government actually pulled our visas. But you see that the plans actually were very diligent prior to the event. It wasn't like a, okay, turn around and trip and you're going to go in two weeks or a month. But that's exactly what happened when I went to Cairo. It was a quick turnaround. I truly believe with all my heart, that was the plans that God had for me to go there. Yes, to open up the restaurant financially for me to be able to work. But more importantly that, he was getting a message across to me that I had been having challenges with for a number of years and that he is real. Once I went through that experience, I began to understand is that instead of just planning out your life, we need to generate a plan with God because we don't know what he's got planned for us within the plans that we see. There's so much more that he can fold in there that will help us be fulfilled. And if we're just planning to check a box and get this done, get this job done, go to this place, make this happen, finish this project, whatever it is, we can stifle the plans that God has for us because he wants us to be fulfilled. And for years, I was planning and executing a plan and pretty successful in business at a young age, but I wasn't fulfilled. It wasn't until I started allowing God to generate that plan with me to be able to invite him into my plans and say, God, here's what I think I'm supposed to do, but you help me. And then that way, It's not, typically, it's not that he's just going to scrap all the things that you think that you're going to do. He just enhances those things and he switches things or moves things around. Or maybe he doesn't have you do one thing and then it gets you to a better place. And so those plans that God has for us is so important. And I wanted to come to you today and just encourage you in that. I wanted to encourage you, I do not plan. I generate a plan. And how do you do that? How do you generate a plan with God? I created a whole guide called Review Preview, and it's a 30 to 45 minutes a week commitment. Every single week, you sit down with yourself for 30 to 45 minutes the same day every week, and you ask yourself some questions about how you are helping other people, how you are doing things with God. There's a series of about three to four questions that you ask yourself and then once you get in the mindset of, okay, God, I'm, I'm inviting you into this plan and I'm allowing you to plan with me, then once you have that mindset, you're ready to write out and brainstorm your to-do list. You're ready to write out your thank you list for the week. You're ready to start plugging in projects and dates, important events on your calendar for the week because you're in the mindset of you're allowing God and inviting him in to be able to generate a plan instead of just planning out what you're going to do that week and you'll get things done, but you won't be fulfilled. So how do you get this review preview guide? Just a few minutes, I'm going to share how to do that so that you can start to generate a plan with God instead of just planning out your life. And this will help you be inspired be productive, be fulfilled, be encouraged today. 
Wherever you are in your Christian life, if you're anything like me, you want to fulfill God's plans that he has for you. And I want to be able to help you with my number one productivity tip. It's called Review Preview. And I created a whole guide around this. I call it the Review Preview Meet With Yourself Guide to Fulfill God's Plans for Your Life. This productivity guide gives you a three-step approach on how to meet with yourself every single week so you can create what I call enjoyable productivity in your life. So go to my website at beencouragedtoday.com. That's beencouragedtoday.com to download my guide, which includes a three-step checklist and an inspirational scripture list. And get ready to be encouraged today. I am so honored to have shared with you today. You are not alone. Please do not forget that. I believe in you and the plans God has for you. Let's learn how to have enjoyable productivity so that we can all be inspired, be productive, be fulfilled, be encouraged today.